So, uh, you know, by the time we record, we're definitely going to need to upgrade all of this hardware again. Yeah, obviously. Today. Yeah, today, obviously. <laughs> the time today that we were start recording. No, Kevin, today was like, uh, I think we all need to get microphone stands. I was like, we, absolutely not. And then you guys had the same thing. And I was like, absolutely not. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because these stands are fine until we get. I don't want back problems. You're already falling apart. Every morning you complain about your back. Your that's because my that's my mattress. Unfortunately, it's a Casper. Well, I know. Yeah. It's too yeah. soft. It's too comfortable for me. Wait, well, you got to get that new Casper. There's a premium Casper now. Oh, is so. it really? Tell yeah. me more. <laughs> You're gonna have the same issue. <laughs> it's like literally twice as expensive. <laughs> well, is it twice as firm? I I don't think it's firmer. I don't really know. That price ratio is terrible. Then whatever. Anyways, well, I think there was some big news recently this week, and I think it's time for us to jump into another episode of Floor 9. So hello and welcome. Today, you have your host, Scott Elcheson, as always. Joined with me today is our Director of Strategy, Adam Simon. Hello. And of course, as always, Director of Partnerships, Angel Mendoza. Hello, world. And this week is pretty much the tech world's Christmas. It's when the new iPhones come out. And we are stoked. Oh, I'm looking at my phone. It's just wasted space everywhere. It's old. Look yeah. at how old it looks. Yeah, it's it looks old. Disgusting. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> Don't look at it. <laughs> Turn it over and just pretend it's something else like the iPhone X. So with that, just give a little background on what we do here in the lab. We are the IPG Media Lab. Is one of the longest running media future agencies working across the interpublic network. For over a decade, we've been evaluating new technology, identifying how it changes consumer behavior and media consumption, and providing our clients with actionable insights to help navigate the evolving media landscape. Welcome to our podcast. And as always, welcome to Floor 9. Answer intro music. Yes, that's, that needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Kev. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so this week, as we mentioned, it's a special a special event episode. Uh, it was the iPhone launch event, and we are now blessed with a new iPhone X, which is very exciting. Nope. iPhone 10. It's not X. It's 10. Right. Okay. The logo. <laughs> You're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah. The logo is an X. The actual pronunciation is 10, and also two iPhone 8s. So I think we can just kind of really start and just give a brief background on what the iphone apple event is adam you want to give us a quick uh you can keep it under 30 seconds it's pretty straightforward but. <laughs> sure yeah um apple launched uh, three new iphones new apple watches uh updated apple tv uh and they talked a lot about their retail stores which i'm personally most excited about i think is the yeah. retail you don't stuff. care about the hardware you just want to go to another store <laughs> exactly exactly you know why i'm here but I mean, for for product updates, I think we can kind of start with what they started with the Apple TV, and the biggest headline here started with the watch. I started with the watch. You were right. You called that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did I? I was the How one. How do you started. get it wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> this was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I had a long day. All right. All apparently, right. you're not sleeping very well. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, apparently not. My, my my back hurts. Remember, we we had, we had this discussion. So that case, we'll start with the Apple Watch. Angel, you want to give us some background on what was announced? God, Apple, just take my money. It's very focused on health and wellness and fitness, which is amazing. However, especially you, you as a marathon runner, of course, it's crazy that fifty percent sales growth, which is amazing. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was not a big fan of the Apple Watch Series One, mm-hmm. but from what I've seen with the UI changes and what they're tracking and what they're able to track, um, especially the seamless transition from different types of workouts, running, swimming, cycling, but also, and this is in the future, 
integrating into workout equipment at the gym and giving you that holistic view to me it's like god just here here whatever the price tag is whatever the, whatever the price here. is here Right, because they, they, they integrated all the cellular connections, so you have that as well. So then you also have Apple Music and that's integrated, so you can listen on the go. And now it's just kind of its own standalone device, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, and it's waterproof. The biggest thing for me, <clears throat> sorry, biggest thing for me was, and this is something as a marathon runner I come across, I hate carrying my phone on me when I'm running three plus miles. I'm three hours plus. Right. Um, I have a Mighty that only lasts two and a half hours because I connected to a Bluetooth headset, mm-hmm. um, headphones. So this, having the Series 3, having LTE support, don't care if it's $5 a month, don't care if it's $10 a month, it sounds amazing. I'm even going to have to switch to Apple Music. That's fine. However, when I read from Richard that working out with the series three with gps plus lte it's only gonna last four hours i'm hoping that's not true i mean how long can you run a marathon in oh i'll do it faster than four three thirty. okay see, right. then I don't go, know going for 320 i don't in a month i don't know what you're, what you're complaining about i but think, just I think it'll be totally hours. fine but the setup you gotta wait a long time to actually begin then you just gotta learn how to run faster so you get further i better rank so then you leave the corrals earlier lost the marathon here i come three hours flat See, and again this is apple motivating you they're focused on health and fitness they're motivating you to do better in your marathons with their limited battery when you're running it so this seems something that i think you should work towards as a personal goal angel but i think when we look at it from a brand perspective which is very interesting it's this more global trend that we're seeing of health and fitness just across iot uh there's just a lot of and even there's there's a lot of startup tech tech that's out there all focused in this category and it's gonna be interesting to see how they activate and really collect all this you know bio data um, and how brands are gonna be able to leverage that in the future yeah one one thing that they also talked about is this uh, this heart study that they're gonna do with stanford um where and and the fact that it's actually going to be constantly monitoring your heart rate for irregularities uh that's pretty cool it's like the first time it's really proactively using that information and going to notify you about it um which I think there's a lot of room for growth there in terms of, especially because they talk about how powerful the processor is and whatnot. You don't need a super powerful processor just to, you know, run apps or like call a lift or even for, you know, tracking your, your heart rate while, while you're running. But being able to do that like proactive stuff is what I'm really interested in seeing them sort of grow that in the next year or two. Did they talk about sleep data, tracking sleep data? No, they. I, that was my prediction was that the Apple Watch was going to add um, – sleep tracking as a major feature this year and they did not especially they actually acquired um one of the the big sleep tracker companies yes they did but it makes sense because i can't i have a garmin for obviously you can't see me but i can't sleep with this on it gets annoying same thing when i had a fitbit what i currently use is an app to track my sleep quality uh, how i toss moving toss and turn snore you know right yeah i'm kind of the same i, I don't like to wear things on my wrist when I'm sleeping. Um, and I think the company that Apple bought actually has one of those under the bed sensors. But uh, they, I mean, they bought this company and haven't really done anything with it. So right. TBD. I mean, I know they have the sleep tracking within the actual clock itself. That's what I use. So I kind of time, I time myself when I go to bed and then when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And then if I snooze my alarm like four times in the morning, which I do, then it kind of like auto updates as, oh, you actually didn't get up until X amount of time. But with sleep, I mean, do we think that is going to be an interesting place in the future for brands to be playing. Yes. 
Yes. Here's why. <laughs> because of the focus of health and wellness and fitness, recovery is just as important as being fit and like your workouts. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised they didn't go after um, a company called Nuva Ring, which is basically you put on a ring and it tracks your sleep, your sleep um, mm-hmm. data, whether you're, how much you move and all that. But it's supposed to be comfortable and it's meant for sleeping so easily put on easily take off interesting yeah that there you know sleep was such a big trend at ces this year there's a ton of uh oh, oh. <laughs> there's a ton of <laughs> there's a ton of companies in the sleep space right now um and the ring thing is actually super interesting because i don't know if you guys remember this but before the apple watch was announced we knew they were working on wearables and there was some rumors of them working on a ring device um so i'm sure they have something like that in their labs um i don't know if they would use it for sleep they were i think the the rumor at the time was that it was for gestures and gesture control of things but like uh you know if they have a ring that has electronics in it they could use it to track your sleep you think they're gonna make a splash in ces around the sleep tracking um, apple apple no apple uh, doesn't care about ces true. apple doesn't care about events at all right they just do their own thing they're big enough they don't need to richard is is calling out the when do you charge it if you um, wear it while you sleep and uh i i know from a former colleague of ours who wears his apple watch to sleep uh that he charges it in the shower and it does charge pretty fast yeah. that he like a half an hour while he's getting dressed is enough to to recharge it well with that new pad just put your hand on it yeah. and as you sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> your, your, your entire bed is just a wireless uh charging pad <laughs> oh it's actually not bad casper you actually, hear that i when when they we're, we're, we're totally on a different topic at this point, yeah. but when they announced the wireless charging and they, you know, we're going to announce, they were like leading up to announcing their own, um, um, air power pad. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to show something because the other, the, like the awesome thing would be like if the, um, like the entire stand under your monitor or something was a charging pad That's already, smart. like, yeah. well, or, I or s- the top of your laptop, yeah. if you could just put it down on top of your MacBook. Yeah. Well, my phone mm-hmm. is on my bed when I sleep. My watch is on my bed and my iPad's on my bed on the edge all while I sleep. So if you're able to get a big enough pad, it just makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to sleep on a wireless charging pad. Ah, you let me be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, I think I kind of, we then with that, I mean, let's just go right into like the big announcement of the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10. And with that wireless charging, very exciting. Now that it's finally here, my only call out with the wireless charging is it is convenient. It makes sense. You know, you just tap it down, you place it, it charges, but people like to use their phone when it charges. Yep. I was thinking about that too. Although I did already see somebody who has a thing that holds your phone at an angle, like it would be in a dock. Um, so you can see it. Yeah, Kevin. Right. He has it for the Android. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. We already have one in house. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if that's like enough. But then it, I, I, I think so because to your point, if you had an area on your desktop that automatically charges, your phone's standing up. You could easily, and you guys can't see it. Yep. Use. I'm doing a gesture as I am using on an iPad. I would just move around yeah. that way. I think the interesting thing about the wireless charging is for a long time, um, you know, uh, Android devices and iPhones use separate plugs. So you would have to have different things. So you didn't see, you know, plugs and cords readily available at places like Starbucks um, and, and in airports and stuff. But Apple really hammered the idea that because this uh, this Qi standard is interoperable and an open standard that we'll start seeing it in more public places. And I think that's really the advantage is mm-hmm. less 
like yeah it'll be cool to like have one at home on your nightstand but more that just you'll be able to charge more often in more places because it will be more ubiquitous yeah i think long long term that's probably more important and it's great ikea announced last year that they were using chi in their uh, furniture so that's nice because yeah, like I said, my nightstand, I would say at night, I just place it down and then it, I plug into a wall. But that would make sense if, if my nightstand was a wireless yeah. pad. And you know what I love? That they didn't try to own wireless charging or create their new stand, a, a new standard. They're using a standard, which is the most common standard, Qi. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, they are extending it. The, the, the Apple um, Air Power Pad is going to do some special stuff for iPhones, but they are going to propose that as a you know part of a future version of Qi. And we've seen them do things like this with Bluetooth before, and it and even um, USB C actually was designed by Apple, even though they don't really use it. Um, and uh, <laughs> they're actually pretty good at um, when they do decide to go with an, an open standard. They they really tend to push it forward in, in good ways, but they put, they do play nice with others on things like that. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Interesting. Well, I would say brands, you're going to hear it here first. It's time for you to make your own customizable wireless charging networks across the, across the globe to start slapping logos on these things. And uh, you can start providing that a uh, customer value right off the gate. Once these iPhones become available. Yeah. Yeah. Also that just for any place, um, uh, retail restaurants, any place where you want to increase dwell time, like it just makes a lot of sense. I think you know it'll take a while, but we'll see these totally pop up embedded into bars yeah. and um, well, this justifies and it. And we went through it with Miller Coors, where right. as a bar owner, I don't want to drill a hole in my bar just for Android users. No offense, but just <laughs> well, sheer, sheer audience size. But now, because both are on the Qi standard, now I'm like, all right, everyone can charge now. This right. justifies me putting a hole in this bar. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, seriously, though, I, I agree with you. I think once the iPhone has the wireless charging capabilities now, and that that's what it was needed for the kind of push over the threshold. It was like, oh, this was here, but now it's it's accepted. And now it's a standard, you could say, in a sense. But aside from the wireless charging, the iPhone ten, very exciting announcements. Uh, really focusing on this camera and this really high-powered device, and it's, I think personally, it's really bringing to fruition this idea of like these, like these. It's, it's going to be a very AR-heavy future. Like these phones are meant for one thing and one thing only, and it's providing really rich, exciting, engaging experiences. And that's going to be one big thing is going to be AR, both front and forward-facing cameras, which is pretty crazy. So, <clears throat> projections. How many AR-ready apps do you think will be ready or launched when iOS comes out? Oh, that's interesting. iOS 11. That's interesting. I mean, Apple's been soliciting, um, you know, AR kit developers. So, I mean, iOS 11 is coming out next week, right? And it works on all of the phones. You don't need to have the new um, iPhone 10. Uh, but uh, so I think we're going to see a ton of apps uh, on day one. And um, it's interesting. There's like obviously the iPhone 10, 10 is a little is better for um, face detection. Like they showed off Face ID for unlocking your phone. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a minute. But everything else is already in AR Kit. And so every the phone that we have, the phones that were are these really old, boring looking phones that are sitting next to us on the table right now, will be able to do all of the AR Kit stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's going to be a lot. I think we're going to see, you know hundreds of apps on launch day and um you know who knows if any of them will be good and will stick around but for you know we'll, we'll see i would say so from a brand perspective what would you recommend a brand do today in order to be ready for 
this I would say AR future and it's well, not even future like AR next week. Right. Uh, it's a little tight timing if you haven't started already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, it, AR is just something that um, Apple and Google and Facebook, basically all of our major platform companies are really excited about right now. It's always good to think about how you can leverage that because they will help promote your app and your brand and your experience if it's good. So yeah, I think, you know, Apple, a really easy, obvious thing is, uh, you know, selfie lenses, and they showed off what Snapchat is doing with uh, AR kit. Um, you know, they also showed off the animojis, which are animated Love emojis. It. It's, it's the best thing. It's going to sell so many iPhone 10s. That's um, unbelievable. <laughs> One of the best things about the entire phone is that completely. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, you know, so th- it's coming with, I think there's like nine or 12 of them that are like built in that Apple's designed. And But it's actually just a third-party iMessage app, just like everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a huge opportunity here for brands to create their own versions and to create, um, you know, different kinds of content. You like literally, you could you can just copy what Apple's doing with an emoji, but do it with your own branded assets or characters or or whatever, and um, and and ship it. And like you don't I, don't, I don't think you need to overthink it at this point. Like we we're, we're it's going to take some time to figure out what the most awesome use cases for augmented reality on our phone is. Right. And uh, but right now, like. We have some great examples. That's a great example. It's a simple, easy thing to do. And uh, if you do it well, you'll get users and, and attention. Yeah. And from a partnerships perspective, Scott, get ready to meet with a lot of companies approaching these AR apps, helping trying to help them to monetize their experience. Yep. yep. And I, I would just to add on to that last note is as a brand, it would be uh, ideal or beneficial to start thinking about these more 3D asset packs that will be needed for these AR apps. That way, you know, these different developers are able to, you know, if you are Coke and you got a can or you're Pepsi and you got a bottle, you you can just have that publicly available and they can start playing with that and putting them into their apps and into their experiences. The new asset pack, one would say. Yeah, that 3D asset pack is the new uh, standard banner asset pack for brands, which is pretty exciting. Cool. Now we can finally talk about the Apple TV, which we started out with. Uh, the big headline here is that it has 4K HDR. That just means everything's going to look super crisp, super clean. And it just it's just kind of surprising it took Apple this long to implement this technology. But other than that, I mean, there's not much, I would say, happening. They have live sports and live news, but there's nothing mind-blowing, I'd say. It just kind of seems like... Yeah, TVs look dope now. The, the only good, the the best thing about that announcement is that they're upgrading all of your HD movies to 4K. Without, yes, without Yo, charging oh, you for it. I like, have all my Lord of the Rings are now going to be 4K. That, <laughs> oh, I have that too. It's going to be un- it's going to be unbelievable. It's that was be actually, unbelievable, it, and it's actually really smart. Like I have a feeling Apple's probably paying the studios something to do this, um, but it's it was smart of them to do that and not pass pass the cost on because if suddenly if you even if you only have like a like a, a ten or a dozen movies on iTunes. Um, if you know that they're about to be obsoleted uh, when you upgrade to a 4K TV, then it's the, it gives you an opportunity to switch platforms. So in this case, what they're really doing is keeping you inside the I, uh, iTunes and Apple TV ecosystem if you're already mm-hmm. there. Other than that, it's really overpriced, unfortunately, which I think is a, a mistake that they made. But the device itself is $180, which is Ooh. almost double what comparable devices from uh, Amazon and Roku cost. So um, that sucks, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> they does, really need to fix that, that does. because it doesn't offer anything that's 
significantly better. Um, you you know, again, it's it's if you're in the Apple ecosystem, obviously it's nicer. But uh, I don't know, guys. See, <laughs> I, know I missed a portion of this because this is when I got up and got water. Did they actually change the form factor of the control? No. Oh. The remote's nope. the same. Also. Well, it has a white ring now <laughs> around the play button. But other than that, it's exactly the same. Why are they pushing games on Apple TV? That remote is terrible for games. I, the not. game looked amazing on the screen, but as a gamer, I don't see gamers using it or playing it. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think games on Apple TV are not really a thing, and it, it is curious that like it's fine for them to exist, but it's curious that that's what they demoed when they demo something for the Apple TV, um, because I, the number of people who are gonna like that game is also gonna be available for um, iPhones mm-hmm. and, and it was and a beautiful iPhones. game. It looked awesome. Yeah, I think that's probably why they demoed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, great. That looks yeah. great. <laughs> was it even right. 4K? Yeah. Was that a 4K game? I, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hope so. Yeah, but yeah, right. I, would, I would hope so. I don't even have a TV, so this right. is where I, I stop talking. So you're definitely buying an Apple TV, then. Definitely buying for, yeah. for your non-TV yeah. having. Can I hook uh, this household. up to the iPad? My iPad Mini. <laughs> I would say it's also interesting just to note that they did announce live sports and live news. Uh, subscription most likely will still be required, but again, I this just kind of comes down to it's just another chip off the old linear TV block that. Again, shifting viewership is going to these OTT platforms. Remember Aereo? I miss Aereo. What's Aereo? Oh, yeah. Public public access to TV. So watching a Jets game, I would just pay a dollar a Sunday and watch it. Pour one out for Aereo. Yeah, RIP. But again, just where the demographic is shifting and where we're seeing the eyeballs go. And I think the last thing that, and for me personally, I think it's one of the most exciting things to talk about. Uh, they opened with the retail stores. I don't think they got enough attention in the presentation. Mm, you were all over this. You love this. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was the first time they've talked about the retail stores Ever. in like a year. No, they used to always do it. It makes right. sense. No. What Saturday when I ran my long run, I ran by the Apple store here in New York. And it was all blocked off that entire block. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, they're redoing it. They're making it like, you know, well, as they said, the retail stores are now town squares. So they're really here at the lab. We were really kind of pushing, you know, like what is the future of retail, and that's really coming to these, you know, experiences, this, these places where you can go and you know do a workout class. But then as you walk out, maybe you can buy some like Nike product or Under Armour product, or when you go to a Nike store, you can try on the shoes, go for a run, have it highly customized, highly tuned. And I think Apple is really pushing this with their stores now that they're now town squares; they're not stores. And just the list of things they announced. Well, they're, actually, they're now experiences, not even stores. They're right. It's experience. It's a community center. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like I said, like the amount of things they announced just for the these experience stores. You know, it's called today at Apple, and it's all about learning how to you know do gaming and app development. There's going to be photo walks. So if you like photography, you can go to the Apple Store, sign up for a photo walk, and just walk around your neighborhood with your phone and take photos. There's going to be the, like the whole Swift Playground uh, teaching where that, you know that's like their app development software you can use. There's Teacher Tuesdays, so they're going to lo- like educate local educators on the newest tech that's out there and kind of sell in, use an iPad in your classroom, obviously. Uh, they, they have their creative pl- like pros now, so that's kind of how they have the genius bars for all the tech mm-hmm. stuff. Now they have the creative pros to help you do, you know, like your photography or your, like your beats. Or, so there's a whole class on how to make... You know, like to be a DJ pretty much is what it sounded like. I think this is awesome until it's crowded as hell. And it's It's already really crowded. (laughs) That's why they're building bigger stores. I mean, I think I saw a lot of people being super cynical about this uh, on Twitter while while it was going on. Um, It sounds a little dystopic uh, talking about, you know, a, a corporate 
uh, store becoming a town square and a meeting place. But I think it the fact of the matter is they already sort of are that. Apple stores were already places that people were going just to hang out and kill time because they had uh, fast Wi-Fi and they could charge their phones. And it was yep. just like naturally happening. So I think this is really more them leaning into that and figuring out how to make that uh, a better experience. And like yeah. what they can do when there are just people hanging out in their stores, like, well, we can like teach them how to use their devices better and help them be more creative and stuff. So I, I you know, that was, that was my read on that. Um, and I just, you know, as you said, this is one of the ways that we're we're seeing retail evolving in the future is becoming more multi-use and not just specifically about the hard sell and more experiential. Mm-hmm. They also announced a couple of like upcoming flagship locations that sounded like a totally new format. There was something in Italy that was going to screen movies outdoors. In yeah, the it, oh, yeah, awesome. It's it seemed like it was like a hollowed out or an emptied pool that was set in, and if they just put a screen at the end, it was all like redone. So that'll yeah. be super interesting. It was interesting to see how that actually works as a retail space also. Um, and there was another one um, in that was like a library also that they were yep. taking over. So really interesting to see how that evolves. Um, I think it's important to remember that Apple stores are the most profitable retail stores in the world uh, by a, a wide margin. <laughs> and um, they are basically uh, the anchor stores for malls at this point because they they attract they keep are helping keep malls alive in America because they're attracting foot traffic in the same way that you know Nordstrom and Sears used to um, and uh, there was a, a really great article that was just pointing out the fact that um, the best way to save uh, your local mall is to get convince Apple to open a store there so um, they have a lot of power in the sector obviously um, and I think they're starting to you know use that power to push the Apple stores had been mostly unchanged for a long time and now they're starting to push forward again. So it's always good to keep an eye on what they're doing there. So two questions. Lay it on us. One, you think they'll serve coffee? And two, what type of coffee do you think they'll serve? <laughs> I think they're going to serve Starbucks coffee and then the two worlds just combine. I don't know. Starbucks doesn't do doesn't have chi. They use the Air Alliance Air Fuel. No, they, no they, they use, they use chi. Yep. Oh, man. I'm pretty sure their logo was on the on the slide. I, I looked for <laughs> yeah. it. I don't It was? Yeah. Okay. I mean, at this point, it seems you, like... You, you can speak. You can... <laughs> There's one near me. I mean, one of my Starbucks, they have the wireless charging, so... All right. Well, yeah, no, when I'm wrong, I'm really wrong, yeah, guys. Sorry. Yeah. With, Jesus. With, with Apple on the, the Qi standard, it seems like the other one was probably going to go away, right? Whoever's still yeah. using it will probably switch over. Yep. I was, I was thinking the moment I said that, I was like, all right, see you later, air fuel. Poof, gone. Because now it's just Qi. And, and back to your original question, I actually don't think that they will start serving coffee. That's so... It's espresso, isn't it? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think they, they, they've held out. Like, I, I, it's one of those things that they could have done years ago, and I, I don't think they want to get into food service at all. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll partner with Postmates or something. That so there's a, there'll be a terminal where you can just like order something, somebody'll deliver it. So to this you. is what they do. They should reach out to a company called Cafe X, which is a robotic arm that serves local coffee. You, there's an app. You say, oh, "I want my coffee at this time." It knows when you show up. And then it makes it. And there you go. Cafe X. That's pretty exciting. No, I don't I don't no. drink coffee. I just made the store more profitable. <laughs> A new no, source of down. revenue. <laughs> I, I don't think Apple needs that source of revenue. Tim. Come on, Tim. <laughs> forget let, about let, let, lend me your ears, okay. Tim. Just take a minute to forget about the next iPhone and instead focus on robotic <laughs> coffee arms. <laughs> you laugh now. I, don't, I, I will also be laughing later because <laughs> that's a terrible yeah. idea. But anyways, so that is the recap of 
the I- Apple iPhone launch event. And Adam, we'll start with you this week. Key takeaways. If there's one thing brands should be thinking about from the launch of these new products and where, I guess, this generation of iPhone users will be going, what do you recommend? What is are there like that one big key takeaway? I have to go with the camera as an input device. We've been talking about this a lot. Um, I mean, it's not just Apple, um, but Apple's definitely leaning into using the camera in new and interesting ways. Um, but also, like every other major platform company, is moving in this direction. So it's time to think about how to use that um, from a brand perspective as well. Interesting. I know this is super relevant. It was yesterday. Camera IQ. I just came across them in our newsfeed. They brand themselves as a camera marketing strategy company. So they, what they do is they help companies f- develop a camera strategy, how to leverage a camera. And I was blown away. I was like, no way is this here, is this term out a concept there. Or that they actually raised they $2 are, million. They you are, guys, why do we keep missing these opportunities? This is literally what we've been doing yeah. this year. Yeah. I know. So yeah, that, there, you, there you have it. And I would have to agree with Adam. Uh, Angel, what are your thoughts? As a key takeaway, if sales of the Apple Watch keep going up, I really think brand I really think brands need to think through how can they work with platforms such as Strava or Map My Run or these health and wellness apps that you can that people actually use on the Apple Watch and bring some type of value or even capture some type of data to make content relevant to them. It's more like custom workout yeah, solutions. Not, I don't know what the answer is now, but right. it's there. It's an extension because now if you leave your phone at home, you can still be there on the watch. So what type of value can you provide before or after a run or a swim or a cycle? Um, and the extension would be through a fitness app. Like what are those possibilities? Yeah. And you could also do it through a branded app too, yeah, um, right? Because that syncs through through HealthKit. So if a user is willing to give your branded app access to your health data, you can know um, in your app if they just finished a run and yeah. reward them in some way. Like there's an app called Zombie Run where I love Zombie. Yeah, run. it's great. You <laughs> run and it tells you a story. Like zombies are chasing you, but at the end, why can't you serve some type of value? Um, Gatorade. Oh, perfect <laughs> opportunity to sell drinks or I don't know Whole Foods. They're drive them to Whole Foods and buy a healthy meal. Have a zombie run to a Whole Foods. You got to like take take shelter. <gasps> that's and, the end point. That's the end point. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Trader we, Joe's, their their client works for any retail location. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just have to make sure you have water at least. <laughs> yeah, at the very minimum. Poland <laughs> right. Springs. There you go. So, audience, we'll leave you with this question. It's more of you know what your thoughts on the new iPhone are, but. The new iPhone 10, spelt X, for 64 <laughs> GBs, will be 999. Are you willing to buy this phone? Is that price point on level with whether what you're willing to pay for a thing you put in your pocket? Let us know. You can tweet at us slash i Instagram at us. The handle is at IPG Lab. And if you're looking for more great content, check out our Medium website. Just go to typeinmedium.com and look for IPG Lab. We're the only ones that pop up. Additionally, any other questions, you can reach out to Angel at IPG Lab or Adam at IPG Lab or Scott.elchison at IPG Lab. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.